right, folks. Scott Brooks here at the home of Casey Anderson, our newest guest on the Corpus Christi Coastal Bent. This is going to be episode technically three uh, because I've been doing like a bunch of in-between episodes. So we're technically on three. I'm very excited about this talk. This is our first episode after our ban on YouTube. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk about masculinity in modern times or eh, lack thereof. All right, folks, Scott Brooks here, coming to you from the home of Casey Anderson. We are doing episode three of the Corpus Christi Coastal Band, our very first episode after being banned on YouTube for absolutely no good reason. Why? Um, tell me about that. Okay, so this was fun, right? So basically what happened was I told the truth about a lot of things that nobody likes telling the truth about nowadays. How many episodes reason. was this? It was, uh, so episode one, episode 1 1.2, and episode so, two. Okay, so three. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so what topic were you talking about, or what so, arena? The first two episodes focused on uh, Steven Pinker's Enlightenment Now, a book that he wrote. It's called Enlightenment Now, The Case for Reason, Science, Humanism, and Progress. And he talks about how by well he talks he shows through his extremely rigorous scientific work that the world and when i say the world i mean the human world is better now than it has ever been in human history yeah we're talking about less disease oh i was you when know I, before you got here i was sweeping uh the house up getting ready for everything and this is one thing i always tell everyone like when people complain is do you realize that we're living in a time where any motherfucker in our country can just say, I am done working. I don't want to work anymore. And they will still get a house. They will still get food. They will get an education. They will get health care. They will get everything. So Absolutely. as of we are right now in this country, the lowest is better than what a king and queen lived hundreds of years ago. This is a contention that I've made several times, and it's one of the things I tell people, read. There's uh, air conditioning. Right. I tell people, read Machiavelli's The Prince, and you'll start to realize, like, okay, Machiavelli, that book, he's trying to, he's trying to advise uh, someone who's, in who's uh, of a royal position. He's trying to give him advice in, in an attempt to get a job. Right, he's trying to get this guy to hire him to be his political advisor. Dangerous position. Um, and so Machiavelli writes this whole book about how a, a, a royal person, a prince, is supposed to conduct themselves and how they could be the most successful. And as you go through and read it, if you know you got a mind for correspondence, you start to realize like I have just as many resources, if not more resources, than the people he's advising. You have the internet. And so. If I take these principles that Machiavelli's talking about and apply them to my life, leaving out, of course, the stuff that is, of course, indicative of like the 14th century, like, yeah, you don't hire someone to run your business and they're like real mean on purpose and then you have them publicly executed sure. and replace yeah, them yeah, with yeah, someone yeah. nicer, you know, in order to win modern, over your people. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, that's a that's a 14th century thing. Like, don't do that. Okay, but like all the other stuff, like he's, he, he always says, like, be familiar, familiar with your territory. All right, so you 
can do that, of course, with your house. You you know your house, you know your backyard, your front yard, like the back of your hand, but also your job. Right? That's your territory. So know everything you need to know about your job. Be the most informed. You know, I don't care what you do. If you're a dishwasher, be the most informed dishwasher that ever washed a dish in the in the history of mankind. You know, know your territory, know everything you're you're involved with, and know it intimately. You know, that's not that's advice that he gives to to princes, and it's like obviously, like duh, follow that principle. You know, because we're all princes now. It's information. Yeah, we're all princes. Every single one of us. We command so many resources. Kings. Mm-hmm. We're kings. I I, I think that's a. Uh, so, um, I just got done racing for a land speed record. Yeah, I heard about that out in out what, Utah? Yeah, 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 at the Salt Flats there. And so, um, man, it was so great. I had two of my very good army buddies. They flew in from different parts of the country to come yeah, hang yeah. out, give me a hand. A good friend from back home, he came out, gave me, and, uh, and then my buddy uh, from here in Corpus. So there was all five of us in a hotel room one night, and we're just drinking, having a good time. It was like high school again, yeah, right? Yeah. But just a, a more elevated uh, conversations and everything comparative to trying to do keg stance. You know? Right, right. I got gotcha. you. So, yeah, yeah. Huh? So, um, so uh, all of us have some pedigree towards our history. Each of us, right? Okay. It, this isn't just. Uh, these aren't just people that are, you know got a job and I wake up and I go do this and that, you know, there's actual some pedigree. There's something behind each of these guys. Right. right? So they're all specialists in something, so, you know, beyond. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, with a, uh, with a journey to back it up. Okay. Okay. And, and so, um, and a couple of them were, I don't want to say complaining. That's not the correct word to use, but maybe in a sorrowful Sorrowful? Sorrowful? I don't know. That's a word. Yeah. yeah. You got it. <laughs> Way uh, talking about, because like when we're in the military, you're ex military as well. Right, right. One of my buddies that I love, that I'm serving, like he's my brother. I love him, but I'm going to tell him, hey, quit being a fucking pussy. Right. Well, you want to tell him that because you love him. <laughs> you know? And then also, I got to rely on them too. Yeah. But the flip side, I want them to tell me the same thing. So yeah. we're just having this type of conversation, right? And I was explaining to him like this, uh, this circle, this pattern, this uh, of humanity, of and it, and it, I heard this a while ago. Maybe I read it. I don't, whatever podcast. Who the fuck knows where you get all your information now? There's so much information. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. Did you get it from a podcast? Did you get it from a radio show? Did you get it from a book? So, so um, <laughs> tough times uh-huh. create tough men. Mm-hmm. Tough men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create tough times. Yeah, no, it, that's exactly it, right. It, it's a cycle. <laughs> it's just a cycle. Yeah, it sure does. And, and yeah. let's not lie to ourselves. That cycle can be within a year. That cycle can be 10, 100 years, whatever the fuck. It right. just depends on where it is and what situation and everything like that, right? And so uh, we all essentially were just saying like, hey, we're kind of like getting back to we have it better than kings of years ago. Like we're yeah. in easy times. Yes. So it is yes, very absolutely. Uh, 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 expectable that there's not going to be that much of tough, strong characters being formed in a time of easiness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is uh, covered in uh, Herodotus, uh, or not Herodotus, excuse me. Oh, man. What is his name? It's another H. Uh, Greek guy. Uh, he did uh, Hesiod. Hesiod. Uh, works days and 
theogony and he covers the ages of men and it starts out with the golden age and they're perfect you know and then they go to the silver age and silver age they're flawed they're not perfect i mean they're they're uh noble but they're not at the same time they stay infants for 100 years and everything's very easy for them essentially what was in the time machine the ones on the upper level mm-hmm. what, yes much like that yeah they, they stay infants for 100 years and then after 100 years they have like maybe 30 years of being an adult and then they die um, and you know, it's obvious that this is metaphorical, like obvious, <laughs> you know, the golden age people make this easy world for the silver age people and they get to stay infants for a long time. They don't, they, they don't mature into full on adults until way later in life, which is what we're seeing right now. Um, and then it moves on to the bronze age and they're like, right after the silver age, they're, they're horrible. Like they're almost invulnerable and all they want to do is fight and they destroy everything. And there's only a few of them that just that survive the world conflagration, and Zeus has a lot to do with it too. He like burns the whole world because they're so terrible. Uh, and then after the Bronze Age, you have the Iron Age, and that's what Hesiod believed he was writing in was in the Iron Age, and he describes it as this horrible time. He hated, he hates it. He's like, you know, men don't honor the gods, and they, you know, they speak harshly to old men and they treat old ladies like crap and nobody honors their parents and everybody steals from everyone brother stabs brother in the back like you know oh yeah and then the age of that's what happens with the loss of unity i'm sorry i skipped an age so after the bronze then there was the age of heroes and that's when like the iliad and the odyssey and uh you know all of that happens the stories of hercules or heracles then the Iron Age. Mm. Yeah. Mm. One thing I noticed last year we had the hurricane here, Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, it was two years ago. Was it two years already? Okay. Yeah. Well, so uh, <laughs> one thing I noticed was how everyone came together. Everyone bonded. And yeah. everyone, here's another thing I noticed very quickly. Everyone found their place in the hierarchy. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. And they were glad to serve that place. Yep. Real quick. Real fucking quick. You saw those who stepped up. You saw those who stepped down. You saw those who became very subservient. Mm-hmm. Everything real fucking yeah. quick. Everybody played their role. Yes. Instantly, and nobody and bitched about it. Naturally. Yeah. Nobody bitched nope. about it. Not one bit. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd say the level of, quote unquote, love. Yeah. Elevated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elevated. <laughs> like, yeah. immensely. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved everybody. Everybody was yes. from Port A and Rockport. Everybody. <laughs> 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 you know? Um, but yeah. It, well, and, you know, we didn't give this much structure at all. Like, we didn't even... I mean, I guess we did on the video intro, but uh, I, I wanted to focus on masculinity or the lack thereof in modern times. But and I, why is that? Well, it's it's kind why of... Why is this a topic for uh, you? Well, it's a little bit of a... Tr- I kind of tricked you. Um, I gave you the topic, like, what, a week ago? And I wanted you to think about it for that week, but... No need. I'm already brushed up up on this topic. Well, here's the deal is that I also mean masculinity in the archetypical form, right? So not just just, uh, like manliness. Next question after why is can you give the definition of masculinity that you're speaking of? Right. So masculinity in in the archetypical form or... Uh, or in the mythological form is also representative of intellect, um, Mm -hmm. of um, enlightenment, Mm -hmm. of force of will, Mm -hmm. ego consciousness. You're uh, essentially describing a uh, Renaissance man. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's all these masculine things. Like even uh, you look at the aspects of the old gods, like say Hermes, when he was born, he invented like 20 different utilitarian things like measurement, mathematics, algebra, uh, stonemasonry, metallurgy, like all of these, like the second he was born. All right, so he is, he's representative of the motivational forces behind these masculine things. And these things are obviously the, the, the interest men. Like men are interested in measurement and things. machines and engineering. Things. Yeah, these are things, all right? And if, so if you, it's been funny. So I don't know. Sorry, I, I will interrupt. So I do apologize. It's okay. So a couple times I've found uh, cell phones just laying around, like in parking lots, stuff like this and that, right? Now, Modern ones, everyone has their keypad or their thumb or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But before, when everyone still had cell phones, there wasn't the lock or anything like that. Mm-mm. And you could pop it open and see what was going on. Right. You could instantly tell if it was a female's or a male's. Right, right. Instantly, yeah. just by pop up the pictures. And if there's a bunch of pictures of kids and family and, and breakfast and whatever the fuck, it's yeah, a female. That's a woman. Yeah. If there's pictures of fish and trucks yeah. and motorcycles you know, it, it, or lawns. <laughs> yeah, lawns. You, yeah. Yes. Stuff, Fences. Yes. Stuff like that. <laughs> you go, oh, this is some dudes. You yeah, know? yeah, yes. exactly. So it, it's very like, I don't care what our society is trying to tell us. I'm like, we're all the same. And this yeah, whatever. No, is complete bullshit. Whatever. Like that is the same. Like. Okay, white-tailed deer. Yes, white-tailed deer are white-tailed deer. Humans are humans. Mm-hmm. However, the male white-tailed white-tailed deer and the female white-tailed deer operate very differently. Yes, because they have to in order to work. Yes, That's, <laughs> you know, like, we're not we're not just these asexual copies. Yeah, yeah. Of the species, we're yeah. not. You, there's many different things, and like, um. Anyway, so please keep going. Well, what I was getting to is that, you know, it's that the, the lack of manliness is not, that's not the cause. It's a symptom of the lack of masculinity and lack of masculinity includes also these things like intellect, uh, like enlightenment, like a, a spiritual discipline, like we're talking like religious discipline, all of these things. They're all in there. It's all a package. You don't get to just pick and choose a few and be like, okay, that's. Those are the ones that I like, and the rest are meh. You know, they all go together. Is responsibility in there? Oh, that's a big one. That's probably one of the most important ones. You know, but responsibility is like, you know, I, I like this this new dialogue about responsibility that's happening uh, in what's called the new media, or uh, uh, what what do they call the the IDW, the intellectual dark web? Ooh. You know. Uh, I like this new conversation about responsibility because it, it, it puts things into context. Like, for example, they talk about how rights, right? So rights are something that everyone bitches and moans about all the time. They all want their rights. They want their rights. They want their rights. Well, if you ask them, like, why do you want your rights? Like, you know, the best answer you can get is because they're good for having, you know, because it's nice to have rights. Well, why is it nice to have rights? Why do we have rights at all? We have rights to carry out our responsibilities. For example, you have the right to the freedom of speech because it is your responsibility ability to safeguard the truth it is your responsibility you want to the speak the truth and it is your responsibility to uphold it right uh, you have the you have the right to bear arms all right because it is your responsibility to protect what's not only yours but also to protect your neighbors to protect your neighborhood to protect your state 
to you know your and civilization as a whole. That is, you have to be responsible with your responsibilities. Absolutely. And so the reason you have rights at all is to carry out your responsibilities. You know, again, you have the you have the right to a, a trial by jury and a speedy trial, and you have the right to the presumption of innocence because it is your responsibility to uphold uh, justice. And to defend Which is an justice, idea, an idea of operation, right? Um, and so you have all these rights to carry out responsibility. So you have no rights without responsibility. And I love that that discussion because it's it's like the antithesis of uh, of what's coming out of academia, what's mm-hmm. coming out of the left in general, the Democrat Party. This whole idea of rights for free, rights for the sake of rights. Well, that doesn't make any you, damn sense. Do you believe it? <laughs> you know, is all the Democratic Party or? just a far left ideology or because you, you, you went on academia yeah, and we can, it doesn't matter how one believes we can, everyone can agree that academia is um, for the most part left. Right. As incorrect. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not right, but right. So yeah. um, now is that to say, then I'm just playing devil's advocate. Go ahead. On the political right side, would you say that they're pro responsibility? Because I would have to say no as well, because there's a bunch of people that would say I'm on the right, but right. Uh, fuck there. They do not want responsibility. The Republican party isn't the right anymore. <laughs> you know, sorry to tell you folks. Um, so what I'm saying is that that can be found on both sides. Yeah. But it's not being pushed harder than it is in the Democrat party, especially right now. Um, okay. So, I've been watching all the Democratic debates, and my God, what the hell is going on? I don't, know, I don't watch any of it. Okay, I, so let me get you a little caught up. So the uh, the subject matter of the first debate, for the most part, was how do we – or are you for eliminating private insurance? That was almost the entire thing, mm-hmm. right, is the elimination of private insurance. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I don't know what that was. But almost all of them were like, yeah. We want to get rid of private insurance. 160 million Americans have private insurance and are pretty damn happy with it. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that they're essentially campaigning to lose, right? Like because 51% of America doesn't want to get rid of their private insurance and they know, okay, if we elect a Democrat, mm, they'll get rid of our private insurance, Mm -hmm. right? And why do they want to get rid of private insurance? Because they they believe that healthcare is a right, right? And so they think the government should provide healthcare to everyone because it's a right. Right. Okay. Well, okay. Now that that's financially not feasible. A. Are are you okay? Once again, going devil's advocate on everything mm-hmm. here. I personally would love it to where we could be in a situation where everyone could just walk in and be seen for any health care, health issues, or anything like well, that'd that. That'd be great. That'd uh, be great. Now, on a if I was to dive into it. I uh, just very quickly, like I said, I stepped away essentially from politics once I started getting into like psych and psychology and right. everything like that. Um, well, I can see why, because the political condition is predicated on the psychological condition. Well, you know? I, I look at the left and right. Okay. Yeah. And you just go like 49ers Raiders. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. And so if you go like, um, I thought we're here to make like the best game of football. They go, no, I'm a 49er fan. We got to right. do a 49er with. No, I'm a Raiders fan. We, From an outsider looking in, you just go like, well, we're not going to get anywhere yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. 
no, you're exactly right. R really, what it's split up into right now isn't left and right. It isn't. It, it isn't. Uh, it isn't like Democrat Republican, because there are plenty of Democrats and Republicans working together to make this country a worse place, um, for sure. But it's it's the division. The primary division right now is authoritarian and liberty loving person. Mm. You know, libertarian. Mm -hmm. And the authoritarians, they're stacked up on both sides. They're definitely stacked up on Absolutely. both sides. Right now, yes. the most vocal ones are in the Democrat Party, but that doesn't mean that the Republican Party doesn't have their uh, their contention of totalitarian ideologues, because they do. And they're all working for the same thing. Uh, but To tell others how to work. Right. To tell to – top-down. Yes. Top-down, centralized authority, right? Because in their mind, they know better – than the mm -hmm. rest of us. You know, mm -hmm. it's the adversarial brother archetype. It shows up in, in almost all mythology where you have this character that arises that is like the ultimate incarnation of the intellect. They're extremely smart and they believe because they're extremely smart, they know better than everybody else and it is they who should organize the very structure of reality. You know, this is like the Satan archetype in... Um, it's uh, a story the, told over and over. Right, the, sure. the, Satan, uh, the Satan story in Milton's Paradise Lost. That's what Lucifer is in the story. He's like the ultimate incarnation of the intellect. He's like, I'm so smart. I already know everything I need to know. And even if you have new information for me, it is not relevant. I do not need to know it. What I need is to be in control of everything and order it in, in the proper manner. And while I'm doing so, I'm going to punish the very existence of reality. I'm going to punish the current structure of reality for being so inadequate as I dismantle it and try to reassemble it yes. in, in my, in my yes. image, yes. you know, and we see that manifesting in politics all the time, but right now it's manifesting heavy on the left. <clears throat> and though 20 years from now, it may be manifesting heavily in the right, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, every, once again, the cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, right now it, you've got this idea that, masculinity is as a whole toxic you hear that stupid term toxic masculinity oh my god but it, what, what drives me nuts about it is that like any masculinity is toxic anything right you like to you you are a dude at all you are toxic and this is completely antithetical to anything that works right any and all things that work require a masculine and a feminine and a balance between the two. Everything that works. Give me an example. Give you an example. I mean, a really good example, uh, I would say, is the sun and the earth. The sun is the masculine end of this this uh, particular pairing, right? It produces the energy for life. It sets that energy, or it sends that energy from its core to earth. Earth accepts the energy. Earth is the feminine side of this, this exchange. Earth accepts the energy, transmutes the energy into something usable for life, and then life then uses the energy to flourish. Okay. So that's essentially mirroring reproduction. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you can, yeah, you could, if you have any sense of correspondence, you can then, yeah, you can project this onto sex. You can project this onto male and female relations that aren't even sexual. You know, you can project this onto just about any natural system because that's how they all work. The masculine plays its part, the feminine plays its part, and their dynamic interplay creates a successful system. 
I agree. In in ways, yes. Yeah. In ways, yes. Um, okay, let's go back to the tox, toxic, toxic, goddamn. toxic masculinity. There you go. <laughs> Why do you feel this? Why, why do I feel this? Well, yes. because this is, what I, this is what I've been hearing ever since I was a kid. Um, I remember watching television shows in the 90s and catching a commercial where the, it's, they show this male and this female, and they're obviously a, ma- a married couple, and the male is a complete dunce. Mm-hmm. Like he's a knuckle dragging idiot, mm-hmm. and he needs the woman to hold his hand to make the right like purchase. Getting caught up in the ninny or... blinds if he's trying to hang ninny blinds. Yeah, or yeah, trying to yeah. Like the barbecue and it explodes. Right, shit right. Like yeah, shooting a hornet's nest with a shotgun. You know, you're just we're just bumbling idiots, and without mm-hmm. women to hold our hands, we just fall right off the side of a cliff. You know, and of course it was done back then in that way, where these where men were depicted as morons. Um, now it's they're they're not happy even wife happy life right yeah now they're not even bothering to do that I mean though they do that I mean they're outright saying this stuff is coming out mostly out of the entertainment industry telling you know men that that our existence is antithetical to uh, to everything that is good and just you know and we see this manifesting in movies like Ghostbusters that you know what was his name Milo Yiannopoulos got in so much trouble for saying it was a god awful movie and guess what it was a god awful movie mm-hmm. it was a political statement all the men in the movie were doofuses and the women you know were the heroes and they were strong and powerful and smart is there anything wrong with female heroes no there's nothing wrong with female heroes it's it's the juxtaposition between these two interplays or between this these two dynamics where all of the women are all virtuous and all strong and all intelligent all the men are idiots and inadequate you know there's nothing wrong with female heroes you know there are plenty of female heroes in history the female heroes are fantastic and absolutely necessary but this doesn't mean that that men are completely useless, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're bumbling idiots or, or monsters. Worse, you know, we're just fucking monsters that just destroy everything we get our hands on. Uh, but now it's it's getting pretty blatant where you've got uh, celebrities getting on television telling men that you know oh our time is over, you know our time is over. Like, what do you mean by our time sure, is over? Flip flop it because I always yeah. go for truth, and for me, what truth is is. One plus two equals two plus one. Right. That's true. As a mathematic truth. Yeah. Yes. Right. But I transfer, I work with like numbers and every, yeah, yeah. that's how I work. Right? Well, yeah. Like Sir Isaac Newton proved that gravity, you know, it, the way it works, like he did the math forwards. Right. And then he did the math backwards. And if it coincides with each other, then that's true. he knows he's onto something. Yeah. But if you do the, the reverse calculations and it's like, oh, that doesn't add up. Well, then it's not truth. Well, Even exactly. if it's a little bit off. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit off, then it's a little bit untrue. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I do that a lot. And so like, and I do understand and know of like the commercials of the bumbling male character. Yeah. Yeah. Commercials or video, what, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I always just go like, would this fly if they're making a female, the bumbling idiot? Yeah. It would. Well, well, you know, yeah, yes and no, uh, because there was like some extreme misogyny in say like the forties, the fifties. Very fair. I, I, I thought we we're talking about right now. Right, right, right. But and but the idea is like, and it's all this stupid revenge narrative. It's this like we have to get vengeance for all of that, and it's like, well, if somebody doesn't drop it, then it's just not right, going to get to dropped. Get Picasso yeah. ripped out of everything right now because oh, he's a womanizer. Yeah. Yeah. He was above IQ. Yeah. He was creative. He had a zest for life. Of course, he's going to be a womanizer. To 
Guess what? Right. Every single fucking guy, give him X amount of power, he's going to womanize. Yeah. That's the way it is. Right, right. It's kind of written into our biology to try to reproduce Look, as much as possible. here's the reproduction system. Males, like a sprinkler, try to sp- spread their <laughs> right. seed. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Females, look for that nice uh, resources and steady. Right. That's it. A tight stream. That, that, there you go. <laughs> you that, won't, that won't alter and won't give to others. Yeah. The, yeah. There you go. There, there's your reproduction plan. Yeah. And so, yes, if a male is in the, the situation of where he can spread a seed like no other in it being real or reper- like when we have sex, just normal sex, all we're doing is reenacting passing on genes. Yeah. That, that's all that is. Yeah. I don't care what type of sex you're into, this and that. It is all the, re- the reenactment of passing on genes. And I've thought about this too. Like, do orgasms feel so good because that is like the, the ment- it's just wired on us mentally because that's like you're passing on genes. This yeah. is a highlight. Oh, yeah. I think that's definitely roped into it for sure. It's got to be like, you know, it's got to be the, the reason orgasm is quite possibly the pinnacle of, of tactile uh, s- sensation. Mental as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, like it's got to be because your body's – well, yeah, yeah, your body, your biology's pinnacle. It's telling your brain yeah. like, bro, you're doing it. It's, this it, is it. Yeah. Right. It's it's pinnacle. Uh, well, yeah, essentially – I'm trying to think uh, of like the best word for this. Evolutionary biology slash psychology and all that. Yeah. Number one is stay alive. Yeah. Second, pass on genes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the same like, you know, when we acquire food, like people don't think about it today because it's so common. But like I even get it too, like when I go get groceries, you know, I've got food, you know, mm. for a week and it's Feeling one of the good. best feelings, you know. Feeling yeah, you good. feel rich, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. That's it, why everyone one get still still today gathers around a campfire. Yeah. And still today when we celebrate with a mass of people, it's with food. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's with food. Yeah, the, the, that is something very well, it's, it's, wired in our right. DNA, our biology. It, it can even be transformative. Uh, Eric Neumann talks about this with uh, food cults and alcohol cults, uh, and it's no wonder that food cults and alcohol cults popped up in ancient times because it's like you could see this transformation between a hungry man and a satiated man. Like the difference was like they were like a whole new person, you know. Okay, um, Savannah theory. Are you 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 know Are you familiar with that? No. So. Obviously, I'm probably way off on this, but okay. Savannah theories, uh, mind you, theory, not hypothesis. Okay, states that the last time the human species, as a whole, not a country or a region or anything like that, had evolved, was when it went from hunter gatherer to domestication. Right to civilization. So okay. the big part of that was um, nutrients, being always to have all the nutrients, yeah. because you figure it out how to constantly have them rather than mm-hmm. scavenging around and everything. Right, like right, that. agriculture. Here's the big part that everyone thinks about. Like, yeah, you get the nutrients, your brain power kind of it kind of goes with the I guess the stone ape theory goes with that, you know. You yeah, know. yeah. And so um but a big thing of it was um the majority of the women of the hunter-gatherer tribes left and went to the domestication. Right, because it's safer for the offspring. Done. Yeah. Done. And therefore the hunter-gatherers had less and less to breed with, and they just fizzled out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I could see that as, as definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's really crazy? Uh, I just got done reading Eric Neumann's Origins and History of Consciousness. And in this book, he tracks 
uh, through mythology and religious texts, the psychological development of mankind as a whole. What you were just talking about there from hunter-gatherer to civilization, it was like this crazy switch. I think we're getting that with information, though. Yeah. It was this crazy switch that was coincided. You could see it in the – well, you could see it in the uh, the religious uh, practice and, and texts. Uh, that were put out by these people. They were worshiping the great uh, when they were hunter gatherers. They were worship, worshiping the great mother, the the mother goddess, right? Nature instinct. Because that's what it was providing, right? Um, and it was also like the terrible aspect of nature as well: predators, poison, disease. Sure. She was all wrapped up into this one wonderfully don't beneficent, but terribly yeah, terrifying, right? And it depended on how you approached her as to what countenance you got. If you got the, you know, either the beneficial, like beneficent mother, if you made the right sacrifices and, and were, and were reverent to her, then you got the, the beneficial mother that, that provided. Um, but if you weren't reverent, um, and you were brazen, she would eat you up, you know, with predators, poison, disease, etc. Um, but the switch in, in psychology, triggered a switch in religion. So the, the great mother is like a collectivist kind of mentality, you know. Uh, but the father gods are like an individual-centered thing, right? So when the father gods, we switch from worshiping the great mother to the father gods, we get individualized. And it, it, this was the shift in psychology. We went from being ruled by our unconscious mind, the great mother, the unknown, right? The unknown is a mm -hmm. very, yeah. therefore, uh, speculation. Right, because the, uh, you know, you're unconscious. You can only access it consciously. Uh, well, it's very difficult, actually, to access the unconscious consciously. I don't even know that we can access the unconscious consciously. Um, the, the best access you get to it is in dreams. And, like, you know, who, can, who has a dream and immediately goes, like, I know what that Good meant. Good trip will do and, it. You know, I know what that meant I immediately. I there are dreams I've had that I've been thinking about for years that I still haven't unraveled. Because the unconscious doesn't speak the same language as the conscious. You know, it's a whole different existence. But the conscious... Ego consciousness is born out of the unconscious, and it had the struggle. Like it would, it would kind of raise up. And this is where you get your stories of your heroes that do something significant, like Jason and the Organites, that do something significant. He gets the golden fleece, but at the end of the story, his wife, who's a witch, uh, murders his children and like destroys his whole life and flies off on a chariot. Uh, that that's pulled by dragons and he kills himself. Well, this is the ego consciousness. It would rise up out of the unconscious, do some really extraordinary stuff. It would lose libido, psychic energy, and it would be enveloped back into the unconscious. She would devour him back up again, but eventually ego consciousness fought out and, and separated itself completely. So you had the unconscious here and the conscious here, and we started to worship more thing, you know, more, things that were in alignment with ego consciousness, like the masculine father gods. And we got so close to them and they became a tyranny, right? But pulling away from the great mother, that was difficult too. That was a big fight, you know, and that's uh, incarnated in mythological texts as the dragon fight, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a dragon, but we all know the theme, the fight with the monster from the great unknown. You got away from the mother. Then you went to the father gods with the structure and the light and the, you know, uh, the spiritual... Um, uh, the spiritual discipline, you know, pretty much talking about and Nietzsche's the, right. the, the lion, or excuse me, the camel, the what lion, and then slay the dragon, then child. Yeah, yeah, and and so you, you get to the father gods, and they become a tyranny, 
right? They become the, the devouring king. The, these rules, are, they're too rigid. They won't bend. And they become a tyranny. We have to do that dragon fight, right? That's where you get your Jesus figure. Yin and Yang side, where you've got the white side and the mm -hmm. black side with the small white dot on the black side and the mm -hmm. small black dot on the white side. It constitutes perfect balance. One cannot be completely pure or completely dominant of, this, of the whole circle. Like There has to be a perfect mix of the two, and that's, the, that's the, the extraordinary individual that mediates between the great mother and the great father. And what we're seeing right now is, is the fight between the polarized people and those who are in the center who are mediating between the two, keeping those two at bay, you know, trying to keep them at bay from tearing the whole world apart. Because right now those that, that are too close to the great mother, the people on the left, they want to tear the industrial world apart. They want to shut it all down for the sake of the earth. They're still worshiping the old mother goddess, and they think that industry is destroying the entire world and that we have to shut down all industry in order to save the world right now. And it's like, all right, so everyone that has diabetes is dead. Everyone on life support is dead. Mm -hmm. Everyone that needs oxygen is dead. Everyone that needs a blood transfusion, dead. Uh, everyone that needs antibiotics or antipsychotics all require refrigeration, dead. <laughs> you know, Wait, like, What's the flip side, though? What what would you say the the father worshippers are fighting against? Uh, well, okay, so the that's China right now. China is the rigid structure that will that refuses to change and has to absolutely control everything. Uh, right now, with China, we're seeing them put roll out their social social was it social. I can't remember what they social call Social currency type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Where you, through social media, you're hooked can't up. Can't get a plane ticket. Yeah. If you don't buy If it. you don't get enough points, you yep. know, from your fellow man. Uh, if you watch, if you something like you watch porn, then you get deductions. If you jaywalk, you get deductions. Oh, if fuck, you're not, I'm in the hole. Goddamn. Yeah, if you're not polite in public, you get deductions. Yeah, there we go again. Yep. If you associate with unpolite people you yeah. get you get Jesus, deductions i could never leave china i know I would never get a ticket. yeah you would never be able never. To, you wouldn't even be able to get a job better than like sweeping a floor yep. Yep. you know um th that's, that's that's the bliss. yeah that's the great father right now the 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 tyrannical father that's the, the and we see it here in the united states too it's it's happening here as well mm -hmm. um you're saying in the world china is the shining example. yeah that's yeah that's the biggest sure. example right now um and and we just we've got to understand that in, where's religion hmm? on the mother father side well it depends on what era you're in right so we'll stay with modern right now right now we're in the we're in post christian times so well okay let's put it this way the fastest growing religion is a father religion that's islam mm -hmm. but it is also a transformative individual religion it's just thing about islam is that i i can't espouse it like it's one of the only religions that i can't i mean other than you know like luciferianism that i can't endorse why because the foundational principles of the religion are violent and if the foundational like the the transformative character is muhammad he's a warlord he spreads islam through violence Right, and that's indisputable. You can't okay. you that can't argue that point. Didn't Christians do that as well? But the transformative hero in Christianity is peaceful. Bingo. 
right? So what it means is, it, okay, so the, the transformative hero in a religion is the, the idol. It's the example. It's the example by which you live, right? So if people followed the example of Jesus, which they don't, and, you know, no wonder. It's really freaking hard. You know, it's extre- kind of it would be too. extremely hard. No, it's it, you're talking about. It's probably one of the greatest adventures you could ever embark upon. Uh, but it's it's so very difficult. And but if you follow the example of Jesus, you'll make the world a better place than it was when you came into it. If you follow the example of Muhammad, you'll kill a bunch of people and spread your religion. You know, but to those followers, that's the correct thing. Right. To non-followers, that's the wrong thing. Right. So it comes down to whose ideology, once again, 49ers, Raiders. Right. Except for, again, you've got your your clear delineation where, one, the example is peace. And so you the foundational principles are peace. They would have peace, though, if they killed all non-believers. They wouldn't. Uh, we've already seen it in in uh, in Islam, all right. So there are seventy two different, there's seventy, it's like seventy six different sects of Islam, all right. And they all fight each other constantly, with the exception of the Sufis, which are the mystics. Do Christians fight each other? Uh, they used to, not yeah. not anymore. I mean, World War Two. World War Two, no. Um, almost the only Christians who went bad. There's Christians on both sides. Well, I'm talking about like as a as a whole, as an organization. The Catholic Church was the only one that went bad. Um, if you want to talk about like the the organizations, no, I'm speaking just believers. Yeah, because that's what you're saying. There's believers of different sects that right. fight each other. And the the fundamental it was crazy because the fundamental issue of World War II was a it was a religious one. It just wasn't ex- a, a um, explicitly religious issue. All right, so the idea was again we go back to this adversarial brothers, right? But so there's still Christians fighting each other, yes. Yeah, but that doesn't like they they weren't fighting each other over Christianity. They just happened to be they were people fighting that happened to be but Christians. But other ideologies they were fighting about. They were fighting about the idea it was the but adversarial that, brothers. What I'm getting at is just because you have a common religion that does not create peace within those beliefs. It does more so than not having a common religion. But just because you believe, like, we're all Christians, it doesn't mean that that Christian's not going to fight that Christian. Right, yeah, it's not a guarantee. Same with Islam, too. It's not a guarantee, but with Islam, it's way worse. Way worse. Like, the Mm -hmm. Middle East right now is a war zone. And it's not just a war zone because, like, other countries have invaded. You know, that's part of it. Uh, The world of Islam is constantly at war. They never stop fighting Mm -hmm. over their own religion. Because the religion is predicated on the the uh, on a divide and conquer scheme, and, okay. and if your foundational but religion principles, is ideology, it, not necessarily ideology can mirror itself as religion. I What's the difference? That ideology, ideology is a belief system that you follow. Kind of ideology is empty. Ideology is a construct, if you will. I would say that's most believers of most religions. They're like for right. If you take the majority of one hundred followers of whatever religion, the majority of them are not going to be pure of that yeah. religion. Yeah. So but, you could say they're empty but as well. The few that are uh, do a lot more good than the or ones bad, that depending aren't. on. No. 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 The good ones almost never do bad. 
they're they're not like you said they're not near as numerable as the empty ones Mm -hmm. but um you know you take the example the example of christianity there were there was the catholic side of it which was unbelievably powerful because it was predicated on (laughs) essentially i mean the catholic church was huge when it it was predicated essentially on an unchristian idea the idea that the pope is the vicar of christ he is another christ sure um and that's why it was so that's why the catholic system was so destructive because it wasn't it had the power well yeah it had the it had the the ideological power of the religion but did not follow the precepts of the religion the catholic system is completely antithetical to christianity it's completely antithetical Mm -hmm. um if you take a you know read the 1611 king james bible which is probably the most accurate translation um and the most honest like it was done openly and honestly whereas every other translation was done by like two guys who were locked in a room and no one knows what went on while they did the (laughs) translation yeah um so you read through that and then you compare that to the practices of the catholic church and the the dogma of the the holy see and all that and you're like this is none of this is commensurate with christianity none of it like it's it's all just a bunch of made-up stuff to stack power at the top you know and with christianity it's it's fundamental structure is the antithesis of that it stacks power at the bottom right it's the idea that the individual Hmm. that makes up the whole is the most paramount foundational piece of the the christian church i I see what you're saying yes you know i'm gonna go grab another beer do it can you keep it rolling yeah i can keep it rolling why wouldn't i keep it rolling you know uh so yeah, the the religious evolution of things shows us the psychological evolution of of mankind's history, and we went from like I was saying earlier, from the great mother to the great father, from the mediator, the great the the transformative individual that mediates between the two. And right now we're in a post Christian age, where people are forgetting about the the foundational principles on which our Western culture was predicated on. And acting as if we could abandon these foundational principles and still have a functioning Western civilization. And the truth of the matter is we can't. All right? There is no abandoning the, the religious and mythological principles on which Western culture is predicated upon and still having a functional Western culture. It's just not possible. You don't get the presumption of innocence without a religious substructure. You don't. You don't get you don't get overarching moral codes without a religious substructure. You don't. All right? Because facts are, are empirical knowledge tells us nothing of morality. We can't figure out what's right and wrong based on an empirical measurement. What's right and wrong has to be delineated out for us we can't do it ourselves i mean that was nietzsche's contention is that we could that you know that was his whole idea with the oberman mm-hmm. the uberman the the man that Uber-mitch. makes yeah that yeah. makes his own moral code and mm-hmm. his own everything mm-hmm. he's his own god well that resulted in nazi germany whoops <laughs> you know do you really believe that that they latched on to that idea now that's not what nietzsche was trying to do he wasn't trying to make Nazi Germany. Because I, I love the uh, the construct of the Ubermensch. Oh yeah, it's it's a great I, it's I a nice idea. Love it. 
No, it's a nice idea. It's a great idea. The problem is with the ideas, it's not you can't execute it, not in its entirety. Due to why? Well, because we can't make our own moral codes. Why? I don't know. I wish I knew, but I don't know. We can't then, do it. No, no, you just said you can't, so I'm asking you the reasoning behind it. Why can you not make your – why can I myself go like the next – year i'm going to strongly investigate myself and figure out what i believe to be morally correct and incorrect with myself Mm -hmm. and live by those rules how are you going to hold yourself to that self-responsibility we're just talking about what's that undergirded by that'd be discipline what's that undergirded by why be why be disciplined at all but if you want to accomplish something you have to be right yes if you want to but accomplish you're, something. So, but you're saying, what are you getting at? People have to have, like, essentially a punishment to not follow? Well, yes and no. It's it's more they have to have a transcendent reason to do. Like, human beings are probably some of the mo- some of the hardest creatures to motivate ever. Mm-hmm. And you can't. We can't just be. We can't just be motivated by like just telling ourselves like I'm going to be a better person. Okay. Well, why? You know. Because it's good for you? What does that mean? Like that, that could be something different for everybody because it's good for you. Like you have to have a transcendent reason for being a better person. It's, this is a reason that goes beyond the physical plane or just beyond like being a better person is just good for doing. Um, it's like – But do you have to have a punishment to – in like That's part of it. All right. So – Why? Well, look. Uh, okay. You can track this out with rats. Uh, and this is something Dr. Jordan B. Peterson talks a bunch about. So if you take a rat and you put it in a maze and you put you know, and you starve the rat and you put some cheese – not cheese because they hate cheese. <laughs> if you put a rat in a maze with some peanut butter okay. somewhere in the end of the, the maze, they'll find it because they're starving. Mm-hmm. So a human. Right? If you starve them and you put them in a maze and you waft cat odor into the maze, they find the peanut butter faster. Why? Because you have to have an adequate reason not only to run towards something, but also something to run away from. It's, it's the idea that the future authoring program that Dr. Jordan B. Peterson put together is predicated on. The first thing he has, to, he has you do, one of the first things, is write about the very worst that could happen. Like what is the – if you just screwed everything up, what's the worst outcome for you in five years? Mm-hmm. And he has you write that. Why? Because he wants you to have something that you are adequately afraid of to run away mm-hmm. from. What are you afraid of? What's your thing? What uh, are you afraid of? Oh, man. Um, probably like Soviet-style totalitarianism. <laughs> so that's your personal feel. That That's more of a societal. You have a fear for society. What's your personal? Like what? what are your – demon that you are fighting against what's your dragon whose show is this casey no <laughs> no i like this though no there's I a do. reason you wanted me to do yeah this. exactly yeah um personally um what's your dragon i mean what's I, motivating you to do this i mean oh, we're, like if you're saying everything that you do there's a repercussion yeah, if you don't yeah what is your repercussion repercussion that you are fighting against in your personal life and then what's oh and then stage two is What's your repercussion that's making you do this podcast? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, So the reason I'm doing this and the thing I'm running away from uh, is that – okay, so I feel that – This is podcast answer? No, this is is personal life answer. answer. I feel that that being itself is an extremely rare 
and wondrous, miraculous gift. Being right. oneself. Yeah, being an individual Un- alive. Now, is in, that in uninfluenced? No, just like being, just being born, just being, having the opportunity to be this. Okay. Right? To be alive. Yes. To be able to experience whatever this yes. is. Yes. Especially in, in the unique form that, that I am. I'm human. Okay. We're the only creature. In a beautiful time of yeah, existence. On, exactly. One of the best times to ever live. This is amazing right now. And so I feel like if I squander that opportunity, then the very, I guess like the structure of reality itself will hold me accountable. You know? So essentially what you're saying is you don't want to die, I, and then you go like, motherfucker, I could have done better. I, yeah, I didn't do anything meaningful. So it's legacy. Maybe not even – I don't care if people remember it, though that'd be nice. Don't get me wrong. I don't no, want no, to no, I, I'm not going that. That, that far with legacy oh, okay. because individuals okay. can have a child and that child and their whole family won't do shit for right, decades, right, right, decades, right. but it's still their legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like meaning, meaningfulness. Okay. That, that, that does make a mark on reality. I want to leave the world a better place than I came into it as, and that's a very difficult thing to do. It's very I understand. Like I picked an almost impossible thing to do. Okay. <laughs> you know? Now getting back to what we all just talked about, but you're doing that through what you believe is correct. Well, yeah, because what I believe is correct is the only tool that I have to go by. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, okay, I, then you're kind of contradicting the Ubermitch, what you're talking about. Not, not exactly. So – Okay, so I've been trying to figure out what what the best mode of being is, right? And it, this brings me to uh, what was it, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's last podcast? Not this one that he just put out, but the one before. It was a talk in Texas he did, um, and he he was he and it was just it just blew my mind when I heard this. Like I was pacing in the living room while I was listening to this. That's what I do. I listen to podcasts and Perfect. I pace like a psycho. No, right? brilliant. I love it. <laughs> right? And I was pacing, and like as soon as I heard this, like my my step picked up, and I was like pacing really fast. I was putting trails in the carpet. But uh, it, it, he he goes. Uh, he was talking about how he was invited to an Orthodox Christian church, and and all of this he's talking he's, he's talking about like the like the nature of suffering you know and and like how that plays a part in 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 our unique reality uh, and he was like i was invited to this orthodox christian church and they had this this uh medieval painting and he said it was obviously important because it was in the center of the church and the whole church was built around it you know you don't have a painting like that and build a whole church around it for nothing um and there's a reason for it. Yeah, he said it was a painting of Jesus. He said it, it looked very medieval, but it was done in modern times. They just like the medieval iconography. It was Jesus stepping up to a cross, and he's on some steps, walking up to the cross, and he's looking behind himself, and he's like, he's like beckoning people to follow him, right? And he said, I, I know what that means. I mean, I he is crazy the way he's like backpedaled, and he was like, well, I don't know what it entirely means because if you assume that you know what a painting like that means, then you're pretty arrogant, you know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. – uh, he goes, like, I, I think I know at least partially what that means, is that here is the example by which we are to live by inviting us into the uh, the great adventure of life or of uh, of finite existence. I was going to say existence. Yeah. Yes. Uh, our limited existence, which the cross is suffering, right? That's, that's the price you pay for this existence. Okay. But there's a way, like, there has to be a mode of being that enables you to exist in a finite way and transcend the suffering, which is part and parcel of finite existence. You know, and this is, of course, I'm all I'm paraphrasing all of this. This isn't exactly what he said. Sure. Um, but yeah, the, and the, the great religious traditions of mankind are 
our attempt to discover a mode of being that transcends the intrinsic suffering that comes with the, 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 it was, that is a precondition of life, of existence, finite existence. And, and man, I was like, and then he went through, uh, he went through uh, this Kabbalist idea that I'm familiar with from studying Kabbalism, but apparently he, was familiar, he got familiar with it reading Jung. Um, but it's this idea that if you're God, right, you're limitless. You have no limitation whatsoever. You can be anywhere you want, know everything, do everything, create. Supreme. Whatever. Just, yes. Right? What is the one thing you don't have? He was like, limitation. It's the one thing you don't have is limitation. And that there's advantages to limitation over being unlimited. Because being unlimited, it's like, how do you choose what to do? You have an infinite number of choices. What to do? How do you come to the conclusion as to what it is you are okay. to do? Let me, you let me know? get in here. This supreme being, this mm-hmm. God of zero limitations. Now, you say, yes, but they lack limitations. Therefore, that's the hindrance. But that, but that is going with the, ha, that God having the mentality of a human. Not exactly. You have the, no limitation. What, what if that God has the God brain and he understands this and it, it is all conforming with it i understand that with a human brain Mm -hmm. if you took a human operating system and you put it in a god atmosphere yeah they now lose the the struggle the the limitations the Mm -hmm. hard work everything like that the reward but that wouldn't be in the god's brain or operating system that's me saying once again like a they're like a human who knows if they have a brain or any well uh, I love the way he put it when he was – okay, just to clear this up, this particular avenue of thinking. So we were talking about this earlier. So think about it. Like chess, if you're unlimited, that means all the pieces are queens. Okay. All right? This is the way Dr. Jordan B. Peterson puts it. He's like, well, why don't you just make all the pieces queens? All unlimited. They can go in whatever direction, whatever, however far, no limitation. Well, then you can't play chess. You can't play chess. The whole game falls apart. And then he went into the like the fragility. You can't play the game of chess, but right. you could play. You could play a game. It would not be chess. Yeah, you could play a game, and it wouldn't be very good. You know, mm-hmm. it would be a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, then you went into the fragility of children. Like children see the world in a magical way, and it's it's one of those things we all watch children and keep our eyes on children because they fascinate the hell out of us. And unless you're just a really, really just terrible, like nihilistic cold-hearted person you got a soft spot for children mm-hmm. and and why because children see the world as a magical place like because they you know they don't know any better <laughs> right is that the only reason well the reason they see i mean that's a big part of it um they also represent like potential and if they're your kids the f- they're your genes yeah mm-hmm. yeah they're potential they're the future but they In see the, they see the world as magical right and if you took Probably away like why we like dogs they're innocent right if you took away their fragility then they wouldn't see the world that way. And then they wouldn't be very interesting. They'd be like all the adults around you, you know, hard and cold. And not all adults are hard and cold, but you know what I'm saying? We get jaded by life, you mm-hmm. know, because we've been around it for so long. It's not so magical anymore. The loss of innocence. Yeah. Um, and so you can't, you can't sacrifice the finitude of a child, which is their, their, their vulnerability, their extreme vulnerability, and still have the wondrous mentality of a child. You can't have the two. You have to have the limitation in order to get the mentality. Once again, you're going to the the earth and father. 
yeah. Mother Earth and Father, right. rigidity there. A child, you can say, is essentially born right into the center. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's crazy. I mean, yeah, born right into the center, close to the mother, though, have to be. Or else you yeah, die. absolutely. But you still, know? but still, you, okay, let's be real. They're very dependent on the mother. Yeah, a child is first. very dependent on the mother. Yeah, at first. Just so, like, they, so they are always on the mother's side, a yeah. child. Yeah. Sure, they Until definitely they, are. Then they have, to, they have to separate from the mother. That's to that, transcend. To, that's that dragon yes. fight with the unconscious. Yes, that's, that's the grown man that's mm-hmm. never left his house or anything yep. like that. That motherfucker's getting zero pussy. Exactly. Zero. zero. He's not yeah. passing on his genes at all. When he probably doesn't that have he probably happening. doesn't have a good job and he probably doesn't feel nope. very good about his life. Nope. All right, because his mother has devoured him. All untrack all unattractive to it's so interesting that the the mother nature will say the mother mm-hmm. has created it, yet all other mothers find it unattractive. Uh, yeah, a repugnant. And so does the father. Because the yeah, because well, because the mother doesn't want another mother, or doesn't mm-hmm. want it. You know, the mother doesn't want another mother. The mother wants a, a, a like a caretaker. <laughs> you know, someone that and not just like in the I don't know the like real blunt like misogynistic te- you know sense. Actually, let's but, let's stick with mother mother right. Yeah, mother mother. My mother does not want to still see me as a child. My mother wants yeah. to see me blossom into this great man right however she does not want to see me so far on the side of man that i'm nasty right yeah that you're mean and lose my innocence i know there's one thing about my mother she loves about me is i still have this childlike i don't know how to describe it yeah yeah. but about me a curiosity or whatever And, and i know and i see that in her as well like i go oh she really enjoys I still have this child. To yeah, me. yeah. And what we would just say in a quick term, child, but it's like an innocence, a way of viewing the earth, yeah, the, the world, the yeah. existence, everything like that. You know. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, all right. We have absolutely, in a fantastic way, got a bit off topic. Yeah, but, that's uh, great though. Okay, <laughs> so we talked about. At first, uh, we're talking about how great it is to smoke cigars inside your house. I know, right? That is so fantastic. Do you, do you realize how many of my married friends would get slapped upside the back of their fucking head if they lit up a cigar inside I their know, house? I know. What I know. the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck does that happen? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I guess that's part of – it is part of the limitation you have to take on to be married. Like, don't don't. No, it isn't. I mean, it, it, no, it, it is and it isn't. Like – it is in certain situations. Like I do see what you're saying, though. Like if you're a man and you own your own damn house, and I'm not going man. No, no, it's like you if own you your own your damn shit house. Straight. You know, yeah, and you got your shit together. Like, okay, you should go. be able to s- smoke in a room in okay, your house. Let's go with the flip flop <laughs> you know. of the blundering fool and the mini blinds, right? Yeah. What's wrong? Or wouldn't society be like? This is great that there's a bunch of women getting together and lighting up cigars and this and that in their house. It's her house. She yeah. loves it. Yeah. Okay, so why is it any different? It isn't. All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it isn't. No, I mean, I see. There, there are certain sacrifices you have to make to be married. Like that's just kind of like marriage. Like that's the way that works. Like there are sacrifices you make. But have you been married? No. Nor but I've, I've, I've seen how doofus I, is probably talking about. Well, this. I've seen good ones and how they work. 
right? And it's it is a series of compromises, and it's a lot of contention. Like it's, uh, it's a lot of like airing like airing things out early before they get before they get terrible. Like it's a lot of like just being upfront and honest, and uh, a lot of like planning things out. Like marriages are not like. Where are you on marriage? Are you? Would you? Okay. What's your concept on? Okay, we'll play the hypothetical game. You meet this girl, everything's fucking great. Two years in, would you like to get married? I don't know about two years in it. Or at it, whatever the fuck. Right. It, it, it depends. Know. It depends on the woman. But would you, marriage? Do you want to get married? If, would you like? If that? I found a woman that was that was worth marrying, um, yeah. But here's the deal: is that marriage is probably one of the one of the most difficult things for a human being to navigate. Why do you want to get we, married compared to the just being with her? Um, What's the marriage thing for you? Well, the, what it does is it it creates a, a structure of stability that uh, that is second to none when it comes to raising children. Okay, so you do it for children. Yeah. Okay, so that is that your only reason? Due to rigid, it's like a rigid way to hold two people together for the the better life of their offspring yeah that's the only reason you look up to marriage or you're fond of it yeah that's what i think i that's what i think it it's i think that's the purpose it ultimately fulfills it's not about the two people that are getting married it's about creating a structure in which children can be raised in in the best fashion to where they come out the best kind of people um of course it doesn't always work you know, mm-hmm. obviously, and especially the way we do it now, we do it all ass backwards and wrong. Um, we do it now out of like a, it's, it's like, I'm going to get married for me. Okay. So, you know, and that's, so that's totally wrong. You saying <laughs> that you get married for the sanctity of children. Yeah. To give them the, the so, very best structure to grow. So up are in. you giving yourself essentially from what we were talking about by you saying that you are giving yourself a punishment so you can push forward yeah yeah if i were to have children so I'll... marriage is a punishment no no it's not a punishment it's that a, you're putting there it's a necessary limitation to get a certain job done that is the most important job human beings have could not individuals raise children correctly with... not very well it's documented individuals do not raise children very well at all just by saying i like you you like me we want to do this let's push forward yeah, it doesn't work out well. So you think for the most part with humanity, you have to put in a rigid repercussion for them to push forward? Uh, for a lot of things that are super important, yeah, that are really, really important that can't be afforded to be messed up, like raising children. You Isn't can't afford to mess childlike? that up. like No, no. It's, it's, you don't think so? No. It's absolutely it's, – it's like – that's like saying like, I mean, don't you think we could run a nuclear power plant without like all the precautions? Like we already know how to do this, right? Like no, you need the shielding in place. You need experts. You need a facility that can maintain the, the radiation and keep it from leaking out. This, we're talking about raising children here. Yeah, that, that's the you same do this wrong, you make serial two, killers. Two grown <laughs> you know? humans going like we understand these circumstances. Like we do have to devote a lot of time and energy and everything – to do this correctly. The only way to motivate people to do something like that correctly is to have a structure that is that is clearly defined and transcendent. It can't be it can't be rooted in in materialistic ideas because it falls apart. People aren't motivated by those things. How about you personally? Do you believe you could with your 
magical dream woman that works out for you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you personally, Scott, believe that you could raise children without having a, re- a huge repercussion like that? Do I believe? Uh, I would. I would. Play or do it you on, believe you I, need to have that repercussion? Play it on the safe side, and I would. You, you I would er- put a, I would erect the structure that has been proven to be the very best structure to raise children in. So yes. you would voluntarily. Just like if I were to build a, a nuclear huge, power plant, I would build the very best up-to-date breeder reactor because that's the safest, most efficient way mm-hmm. you know, to generate nuclear power without killing a bunch of people. It's the same way with children. You do this wrong, you make serial killers. You do this wrong, you make cowards, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's the most important thing that human beings do is making other human beings and then – making those human beings or giving those human beings the tools to be good human beings it's very difficult to do we're not born good we're we're not born evil either we're born good and evil and we learn how to be more of one or the other and so teaching another human being to be something that isn't a a a self-centered selfish rapacious overly greedy you know son of a bitch did you get a prenup (laughs) Is difficult. It depends on the situation. Which would that be? Because obviously you answered that real quick, so you've thought about it. So yeah, it depends on the situation. What, what's the situations? I mean, you know, and there's some. I've thought about this. Like, there's some things like, like I might even in, even outside of extraordinary circumstances set up a prenup for like bank accounts. Like, the, here's the here's the thing. Under no circumstances will we ever have a joint bank account. Why is that? Because joint bank accounts are the number one cause of marital strife the number one cause of marital strife i'm gonna say that again the number one cause of marital strife Uh, because one what happens is one is responsible and the other one isn't and the one that is responsible resents the one that's Mm -hmm. irresponsible causes resentment and it causes resentment on the on the scale that it creates divorce at an astronomical rate so essentially you could say a joint bank account is essentially um it's a non-starter. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 fuck, man, what's the word called where you have like a druggie and the girlfriend just feeds him money? You know, with, um, an enabler. Yes, yeah, it's enabling. Yeah, and, and so it it encourages one the the one in the relationship that is weaker to be weak. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So once again, you're putting situations that hold feet to the fire. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it would be it would be like, look, if we're going to be married, that's fine. We can be married, but we're not going to share money because if one of us gets irresponsible, then we both don't get broke. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, otherwise, if we got a joint bank account, if one of us gets irresponsible, then we're both broke. This is all about this is just forethought. This is just like what are, what other thoughts have you had about marriage? Um. I don't know, not a whole lot. I don't think about it a lot, <laughs> you know, because it's not something that's in the forefront of my mind. The reason it's not in the forefront of my mind is because women haven't, as a whole, proven to me that they're in a position to to want to do this in a responsible manner. Again, most women want to get married. Okay, let's pause there and go off of that. Yeah. You say women in the whole. Yeah. So we're going me. with essentially Western society. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I know you're ex-military, so you've lived here and there. Are yeah. you from Corpus? No, I'm from Waco. Okay. So Central Texas. So what makes you say that about women as a whole? 
Well, it's just what I've observed, and this is of course anecdotal. But I mean, you can get, you can get going. into the scientific, you know, the scientific data, which you know, somewhere around like sixty percent of marriages dissolve, mm-hmm. um, and then in the gay community, it's like eighty. Okay. You know, uh, but just anecdotally, what I've noticed uh, from women is that they get married for them. Like women want to get married so they can feel better about themselves. For the most part, it seems. What makes you okay? This is once again anecdotal. Yeah. So what makes you? believe this what's your evidence on this yeah so look at the again uh, well this is uh, something that i've stated several several times before and i'm going to keep stating it because it's probably one of the truest things ever said um i don't care what you say you think or what you say you believe what you say you think or what you say you believe means absolutely nothing to me what you do shows me what you truly believe actions always what you do shows me what you truly believe and i see these marriages and, and it's the woman behind all of it. It's got to be the biggest, most lavish uh, 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 ceremony that, that she can put together. It's as much money as she can pull out of her husband or her father or both to make the ceremony the biggest, most elaborate ceremony ever to happen. Well, there's only one motivation for that. Selfishness. All right? That's why, why do you say that? <laughs> because the ceremony in and of itself isn't – like whether you got the, the – the white roses or the pink lilies doesn't make the ceremony any more sacred. It doesn't change anything. Right? So whether you got a bunch of expensive flowers or a bunch of cheap plastic flowers, it doesn't change anything all right, okay. about the fundamental uh, uh, – what, well, what, the, what the ceremony fundamentally represents. Right? And so all of the superficial BS that they pull as much money as they possibly can out of, again, either their husband or their father or both – uh, to make these things happen, that they're doing it for them, not for the ceremony, not for the sanctity of the uh, of the the actual union, um, and what it represents and why it exists, you know. Um, and then after that, it's you know we got to have this honeymoon, and it has to be at this wonderful place, and and you have to get me a diamond ring. If it's not a diamond ring, then we're not getting married. Do, okay, you know? so what percentage? Obviously, one hundred percent being one hundred percent. What percentage? Um, of the Western society, women, do you believe is this? Uh, I'm going to say over half, probably okay. like 60. Okay, you know, that's not bad. With the other 40% being, uh, being, being rather level-headed and, and not, uh, not super selfish. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, but the thing is, is that they're not concentrated. This 40% is not concentrated anywhere. But they're sparsely do you scattered. Guys that <laughs> you know? have the wedding fantasy of like, yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. It's probably so it's not a sex thing. thing. No, it, it's, it's not. It is no. a societal thing. No, but the reason I address the female so, side no, 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 is hold because on, I'm no, 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 hold on, you know. hold on, hold on. So you just agreed, guys too. Yeah. Right. So it's not women. Mm-mm. It's society. I don't know about. It's society. Well, if, yeah, if it's male yeah, and women combined, yeah. then it becomes society. It, it could be, yeah. Okay, so you can say around then you can say around sixty percent of society then mm-hmm. believes in this big lavish yeah. ceremony. Yeah. For so, them. so simply, you can just say that you disagree with societal's uh, cultural way of doing the marriage ceremony. Yeah. And, okay. Well, and not not on not on just like basic. I don't know. Not not on anything surface level though. On something that's very fundamental, you know, the idea that this union is is absolutely sacred, and it is, it is the structure by which we raise children in the very best way possible, um, and create civil stability. That Do you believe raising children is the reason for relationships? 
the biggest reason. It's not the only reason, but it's the biggest reason. Um, and, you know, relationships are also like psychologically stabilizing, or can be. They can be psychologically unstabilizing oh, as well. Oh, <laughs> but if they're done right, they're very stabilizing. Okay, um, let's keep going on. You said uh, you have not found a woman that you'd want to marry. Yeah. That, okay, so we... But we got down to you had a problem with the ceremonial aspect of it? No, it's not the ceremonial aspect. I have a problem with the mentality behind the ceremonial aspect. Right, but then also guys have that as well. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, okay, what's next on the list? I have a problem with the mentality. I have, well, and it, it, all, it all reaches back to the same thing, this, this idea of selfishness. I want to be married for me. I want to be married so I can be happy. Okay. You know, and it's like, that's not how marriage works. That's that's it's not the way it's supposed to work. How would you feel if uh, you met the quote unquote dream woman, whatever, uh-huh. and she goes, "No, I don't want to get married." Okay, you're fine with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I you you understand? Like I've been on my own for so long. Like in that respect, like no woman has sway over me. You can't. No woman can be like, "All right, fine, I'm cutting you off." But okay. Do you think that <laughs> you know? a lot of marriages are due to uh, the two of them t- coming together for a, so they're not on their own anymore? That's, Comparative that's to a lot of love, it. what yeah. we know love Yeah, is. that's a lot of it. And I've heard, a lot, again, this is anecdotal, I've heard all the way down to like teenage girls express that desire to be married, not because like, you know, I don't... It, not not because like you know I want to fulfill this uh, this great purpose that marriage fulfills no uh, so I don't die alone you know mm-hmm. that and that's such a poor motivation that will lead you down a horribly miserable road because when was marriage the idea of marriage come about I have no idea it's been around since Poor, bef- fucking before written yeah. history yeah um, and this so, is one but of the then we, if that's the case and we can say that's been a factor forever then. yeah for forever yes. for, throughout majority history. i mean how many once again going with percentages what would you say the percentage of the population that relies on the tribe and the cultures of the tribe for survival what what do you mean like now yeah. uh that's like 99 percent of everyone mm-hmm. relies on some kind of cultural structure i mean you have to we live in civilization you know this is I, yes, I mean everyone does to a, yeah, to, to a one aspect or the yes. other with themselves, you know. But what I'm getting at is those who follow societal norms, mm-hmm. which would be your I'm going to go to high school, I go to college, I find this guy, we get married, we yeah, yeah. But, but that normal right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say the percentage of the population is that? Oh, the live, laugh, love, the 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 slight off wall paint. Uh, on the wall, your off-white oh. paint, yeah, yeah, the yeah. tan carpet, the fake brown couch, yeah, fake brown leather couch. It's a, what percentage it's, of it's this? It's a is shrinking that? number, but it's still the majority. I would say at least eighty. Eighty. I was going to say around at 80. least eighty. Yes. Yeah, it's it, they're shrinking. There's more and more people who are like, I don't want any of that. And, and we're right now we're we're going through all these like crazy social experiments. Most of them are failing miserably. Well, and that's why you have social experiments to see. Because we have they, the freedom to now. Yeah, to see if we they have work. The freedom to you know, yeah. like uh, like the non-traditional uh, uh, family structure. We're we're seeing it's it's so far it's been a disaster. <laughs> you know, it's been an utter disaster. Do you think that's because we have it so easy? Well. It, 
I think it's yeah, it's it, we do it. We have it so easy. And this is one thing I talked about. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but I was talking about this particular issue with my roommate about how less and less of our day to day thought processes have to be done consciously. You know, most of our thought processes now are Wait, unconscious. Say, say that one more time, please. More and more of our day to day thought processes do not have to be regulated by the conscious mind or done by the conscious mind. You know, like even ordering food now is is like you can do it unconsciously. You know, okay, you just, over here. Yeah, yeah, open up your phone sure. real quick, hit a few buttons because you've set it all up. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even have to like put in your credit card number anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. It's done unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because we don't have to consciously think about everything, our unconscious is taking over. And our unconscious is, that's the great mother. Ooh, that's the one hard to beat. That's the great mother, Ooh, right? Stirs. I, uh, so when and I was so, younger, yeah, I grew up. Yeah, we got it real easy. I grew up <laughs> pouring concrete. Like, that's the life that I was pour, born yeah, into. Go one. pour concrete. <laughs> yeah. That was it, you know? And so um, even after the military, I fell back onto pouring concrete yeah. for a while. And uh, I was on the island of uh, Oahu. And, Hawaii. And so we were not only pouring concrete, but stacking block, cinder yeah. blocks, all poo poo. I think I got it down to I could carry 12 cinder blocks at one time. Yeah. You stack them up and you put your <laughs> arms through them and you grab the bottom one. Yeah. And you throw it. Like we were getting it down to like where we could uh, heave the mud from the shovel, like two scaffoldings up, all that, you know? Nice. And uh, yeah. <laughs> there's this. Uh, this old timer, his name's Leo, from uh, Ireland. Uh, he spoke about like during the IRA times, oh, all, shit. E- everything yeah. like that puts him in the age bracket. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so um, we're all working one day, and this one day we're building this uh, foundation, stem walls, and everything on this house that's like right on the beach. Well, we needed to move an entire semi's worth of backfill dirt mm-hmm. to the back. Well, it, we had to do it all by uh, wheelbarrow. Oh, wow, yeah. That, That's there tough. was no other way. Yeah. No tiny skid steer could get through there. Like, even mm-hmm. I had a, uh, a three-foot-wide tiny skid steer. Yeah. It, it, was, just, it, it. was just ah. like the, the, the wheelbarrows barely fit through, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so we did that for like two days. That was our job. Just yeah. move when you this gotta, whole truckload. Yeah. When you do something like that, you have to think about it extensively the whole time. This is He goes, you guys want to know how to conquer this? And this is an old timer, you know, mm-hmm. speaking a very Irish accent and everything. Yeah. He goes, look in that wheelbarrow and find a spot and tell yourself that's where you want to throw that next shovel of dirt. Yeah, you got to think about it. Yeah, right? you have to consciously think yes. about it. Now, and then that day, he also told us, he goes, my father told me this one saying is so, and he goes, I, it's so perfect. Your brain is the best slave, but the worst master. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I was like 23 or 24 or something yeah. like that, and that, that just, that's damn. Yeah, dude, that's one of those statements uh you know, and I point this out a lot in the Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's podcast. Like, those one of those statements right there that you could think about for about, well, I don't know, 10 years. You know, that, and that's why I love Dr. I still think about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, still, let's say it was 24 when you fine. told me that. I'm yeah. 37 now. Yeah. So 13 years later, I still think about it. Right, that. and you're still pulling up intellectual pay dirt out of it. You know? Sure. Um, no and, pun intended with the... Right. Yeah. And that's that's one one of the things I love about Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's podcast is as I'm listening to it, I'm like, I can think about about three of these things that he brought up just in this one talk for about 10 years and still be pulling up intellectual pay dirt mm. off of it. Like this, these are the things I want to be hearing right now. And it's weird when it, like, 
like I give somebody a ride or something, I listen to podcasts instead of music. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, yeah, they're yeah. so like I don't know. They're kind of like put off by it because they can't follow it. Have, have you ever took you an know? IQ test, Scott? I haven't. No. No. I mean, I did when I was in high school. I think it came out one thirty-four. Have you ever uh, studied the IQ bell curve or anything like that? Uh-uh. It's answer a lot of questions for you yeah so essentially uh, this is uh this was brought to my attention one time as well i was a couple of years ago i was mm-hmm. getting very frustrated very frustrated with everything yeah and uh frustration well we can say anger uh-huh. comes from frustration right i can see that frustration yeah, yeah. comes from not knowing what to do yes that's it yeah and not not being able to comprehend. Sometimes you might be able to comprehend, but you don't know what decision you make. Mm-hmm. What whatever the fuck. But it comes from not, not knowing, knowing what, what to, to do. do. Yeah. And then that creates frustration. And then if you let that boil, frustration will cook up anger. Right. And so, so, um, an older gentleman said you might want to understand the IQ bell curve. Uh huh. I looked into that. He goes, take your IQ test. And this sounds, everyone watching this, the whole 20 people that will watch this. Will, right, right, right. Will be like, oh, here goes Casey, you know. <laughs> but, but it's for real. Yeah. And who knows how accurate everything is, uh-huh. but it explains a lot in our society. Yeah. So you can go take your quick online IQ test, and it's not going to be as accurate as this and that. Right, but right. it'll give you a very ballpark of where you're kind of sitting yeah, with shit, yeah. right? So the IQ bell curve... Okay, we'll start over here. On my right-hand side is zero. Mm. Over here is 200. Okay. Okay? At 100, right in the middle, it's just like flat, 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 and then boom. Yeah, that's where everyone's at. Right it's at about, 100. Yeah, 95 okay. to 100. Yeah. It, it's um, So about 75% of the population is right at about 100. Yeah. Do you know what we consider intelligence level at? Like intelligence like? like what we consider intelligent. Oh, intelligent? Yes. Do you know what that is? No. It's around 110, 115. Really? Yes. That's what we consider intelligent? Yes. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, by that being said, and mind you, it's almost like a mirror. It's not like gradually going up or anything. Yeah. You could fold that piece of the graph in half, and it's like a mirror image at 100. Okay. Okay. And so, I know I said 75, but just for easy math, we'll say 80. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, that means 10%, 80 Ten mm-hmm. percent, okay. And even though it's seventy-five, we're just saying eighty for it. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So just that to... means almost ninety percent, eighty-five to ninety percent of the population is below what we consider intelligent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so deviations on the IQ bell curve go by fifteen points. Okay. Okay. Now, think of this: you have one hundred, your average American that wakes up, uh, they're twenty-eight years old have two kids, married, uh, they're struggling with bills, they live paycheck to paycheck. What is it, like, how many, which percent of uh, Americans have, like, a K or less in their bank accounts? Uh, That's, it's like, it's it's huge. It's over 60. It's huge, right? Yeah. It's huge. Essentially, you can say the mass majority of Americans are living pretty much check to check. Median income in America is 50, a little over $50,000 a year, something like that. So, take that person. Mm. Now, how they interact with someone that's around 70 points. Okay, yeah. 
you, you, they look like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, boy. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. No, and not saying anyone's hitting. Or this no, no, is no. the interaction yeah. difference. Yeah. Okay? Because somebody at 70 is, that's they're, they're mentally handicapped. Yes. You know, okay. someone at an IQ of 70, those of you they're, they're struggling. listening, yeah, they're, they're if you don't struggling. know the IQ levels, like they're 70 struggling. is like, yeah, yes. mentally handicapped. So, now take someone that has 130 IQ. Mm-hmm. That's how they're interacting with 90% with, yeah, exactly. of the population. Yeah, and, and man, it's such a problem too because... You want to know the problem? This is this is stupid Casey talking. I'd mm-hmm. love to be wrong on this. Yeah. Low IQ outbreeds high IQ. Oh, no, that's absolutely correct. It, do you know about K status and R status reproduction? No, I don't. But I am familiar with how when when populations get educated, they reproduce a lot less. Like slower. Le- yeah, less slower. less than. One, okay, uh, what's the major rate. attribute to higher IQ? Yeah. When, this is like the major attribute to people with higher IQs is being able to make decisions for the future. Yeah. Not now. Not now, right. The, right. the, the, the classic marshmallow test, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, are you familiar with the marshmallow test? No, I'm not. But Okay, marshmallow test. It's a famous, famous, famous test. God damn it. So, <laughs> uh, so you take a child, mm-hmm. put them in a room all by yourself, and you go in and you say, this marshmallow is yours. Oh, I am familiar with this test. Yeah, and if you wait a couple minutes, you Whatever can have two marshmallows, but you can eat it right fail now across if you the board. Want to. Yes, across yes. the board, fail. Yeah, and in fact, I just read a study how higher income families, their offspring, pass that test more. Yeah. why? Because they have the DNA and um and uh, and the teaching well, and the everything yeah. of you plan you think for about the, future. the future. And it's so crazy because we're the only creatures on the face of the planet that can do that. Because we have the elevated IQ. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That, that's well, our superpower. We can't run faster or anything like that. Or... Well, ah, I don't know about that. Bushmen in Africa run down their prey. And they d- Generally speaking, yeah. dude, you take any person here in fucking Corpus Christi and they can't even run a fucking mile. No, you're so, right. No, you're right yeah. there. You're, so, you're right there. But, but they yeah. can use their brains on how yeah. to operate it. It is so crazy, that. though, because people take it for granted being able to think about the future like that because we all do it automatically. right? We do it automatically. You think about tomorrow. You're like, I mean, at least you should anyway. Like, let's say homeless people usually don't. But most I believe people, they do. Well, yeah, they do. They, do they have to. They do to an extent. But they didn't to the extent that, say, me or you did because we're not homeless. You know, we thought about it a bit better. Um, but... Uh, you know, you think about the future, and you do it automatically. And this this particular skill took thousands of years to develop, even after we had the brain capacity to do. You it. could say that was the transfer of the Savannah theory when they go, "Hey, we can plan for the future." future yeah. By, yes. Yeah. And that's where we get the concept of sacrifice. So the animal sacrifice. Yes. Uh, even the, it actually started out with human sacrifice. Let's get back to the IQ shit. You know, we're, we're getting off again. <laughs> so, um, so. Now, does a lower IQ person, we'll say 80, right? Breeding with it, another 80 IQ person, does that 100% mean that they're going to create an 80 IQ? In, Not no, 100, it but, doesn't. A pretty, but a pretty good percentage. Yeah. You're going to bet on it, right? Yeah, pretty good If you percentage. had to bet $1,000, you're going to bet that they're going to produce an, another 80. an offspring around their same IQ level. Yeah. Now, we, this is when we get into nature-nurture, of course, and all that. Yeah, but yeah, once yeah. again... Generally speaking, it's going to be around the same. Yeah. This is when we get into case uh, case status, R uh, reproduction, and R status reproduction. Uh-huh. Right. The easy way to remember this R is for rabbits. Okay. So they yeah. easy way to remember that R status is you reproduce, and that's how you reproduce by the yeah, numbers is how you fast 
how you and your culture and your species and whatever survives. Yeah. You reproduce quickly by the yes. numbers. <laughs> and in fact, you can study all human history, everything during wartime of that civilization, birth rates go up. Of course. That's how it is. Yeah. Now it also goes into teen women and teen men. Okay? Yeah. Now, how uh, unstable households mm -hmm. that are creating this famine, this wartime, this whatever type of yeah. atmosphere, right? They start into sexuality, promiscuality, everything like yeah. that, and even start puberty years before a, a child, an offspring that is raised right, in right. a safe, uh, very nurtured situation. Yeah. Okay? That's our status. Yeah. Or, excuse me, that's case status. That's case status, yes. That's case status. Okay? Yeah. And the reproduction rate falls dramatically, despite the fact that the sexual activity increases dramatically. Uh, but it does so outside of a structure. Wait, wait, hold on. The, the, the R status reproduces quickly. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, In yeah, the yeah. K status, though, the sexual activity is, is high, the reproduction is low. No, the case is the sexual is actually lower, too. Oh, is it? Yes. See, I was thinking yes. it was higher. No, it's actually lower. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They go, no, I, I, I know if I get into sex when I'm 13, this won't be good. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, you know? I mean, you're not going to overrun human or just analytic biology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, and that totally makes hey, sense. Let's take, I need to check these phones to make sure that they're still filming. Right, I got you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, we are... This one's still going. Okay, cool. I was afraid that we'd need to plug it in. And this one... Yeah, I'm still going on and start it again. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't feel hot at all either. So here's one thing that I, I've been doing all these videos. Oh, by the way, motorcyclesandart.com. Motorcyclesandart.com, that's where you can find Casey's stuff. So just go to www.motorcyclesandart.com. Right, and that's, is and that your YouTube handle too? And that's the same. That that will actually do a hyperlink straight to uh, the YouTube channel. Is it called Hyperlink or E3 or L3? I, I whatever the fuck. But then my <laughs> Instagram at Instagram is motorcycles underscore and underscore art. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And I do daily videos and everything. Like sometimes three videos a day. Everything like that. If you got motorcycle questions, send them my way. I do a uh, like a video technical Q and A on uh -huh. it, and I'll get you going in the correct direction. Yeah, that you that's need awesome. To on your bike. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so what was it again? Motorcyclesandart.com. Gotcha. Motorcyclesandart.com. And we are the Corpus Christi Coastal Band, giving you the most relevant conversations in the Coastal Bend area.